darling, with the young ones And the young ones shouldn't be afraid While the flame is strong Cause we may not be the young ones Very long Tomorrow Hey everybody, this is Chris. Welcome to the third installment of the Young Animal Gathering here at the Cosmic Treadmill Feed. We've got some good news and we've got some better news today. Uh, good news is we've got an issue of Doom Patrol. The better news is we don't have an issue of Mother Panic. I remember when this first missed shipping, I was so pleased that I wouldn't have to discuss it, because uh, if you're following along, it's no its no big shock that this was not our favorite book straight out the gate. Uh, we do have four issues we're going to discuss today. We've got Shade the Changing Girl, number four, that originally aired on January 8th, 2017. Cave Carson as a Cybernetic Eye, number four, originally aired January 22nd, 2017. That issue of Doom Patrol, that's Doom Patrol number four. Originally aired January 29th, 2017. And we'll wrap it all up with the fifth issue of Shade the Changing Girl, and that first aired on February 12th, 2017. It's another long one. We're looking at about an hour 45, which is kind of shocking to look back on and realize that we actually discussed these books that long. I could have sworn these segments were a lot quicker than that, but uh, the numbers don't lie, so I guess we did drone on a little bit. Uh, We will uh, bring Mother Panic back next week, so if that's your thing, uh, look forward to that. We hope you enjoy the show. Uh, Buckle in for uh, nearly two hours of Young Animal. Once in every lifetime comes a love like this. Oh, I need you. This is the Young Animal section. Uh, my name is Reggie. My name is Chris. And uh, we're here on the WeirdScienceDCComics.com podcast uh, every week, or, well, we are on every week, but on weeks that there is a Young Animal book, we talk about it. And this yes. week, we have a Young Animal book, don't we? Yes, and it's actually a good one. That's right. Um, <laughs> we are talking about Shade the Changing Girl number four. Uh, the title is Earth Girl Made Easy, part four, All Apologies. Written by Cecil Castellucci, with art by Molly Zarcone, Andy Parks, and Kelly Fitzpatrick. So, we open up with uh, Shade. You know, like, uh, <laughs> she's kind of swimming. <laughs> or floating. A, uh, or floating. Sure. Yeah. And uh, she's in, like, this sea of organisms. I mean, like, uh, we can see, like, there's, like, bacteria on her skin or something. And, mm. like, she's actually seeing or feeling the all the different kinds of bloods and different kinds of emotions and all that kind of stuff. All the critters on Earth here and how different it is from Meta. Uh, now, this all takes place while she's actually, you know, physically sitting on her bed. Um, now, she refers to herself as having been uncorked and uh, is currently experiencing a flood of disparate emotions. 
uh, which all appear to kind of manifest in the form of a head on her shoulders. So she's got like or like heads. Six or, yeah. Yeah. She's got like six or seven heads on her shoulder. You know, she's got like uh, you know, she's emoting like concern, some anger, some sadness, happiness, even insane happiness from one of them. Yeah, it looks uh, like deliriousness. She's like her her yes. head thrown back, like ah, you know. <laughs> no, it's quite the scene. It's it's pretty uh pretty neat. And then we shift downstairs to a conversation between her parents. Uh, but before we get to that, we hear a yowie from her bedroom. Not sure what that indicates, but I have a pretty good idea. Yeah, I think she may <laughs> she may have pleasured herself. Uh, yes. But you know, it's 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 implied. We, you know, you, it could be she's she just might ha- have stubbed her toe. <laughs> you don't think it was, she's? Ha- I get the impression she's having a ball. Whatever it is, she's yes. having quite a time up there. <laughs> her uh, parents, uh, they'd uh, they'd gotten the uh, the thing that scared uh, a young Chris most of all is a a phone call home from school. Uh, <laughs> they find out about the uh, the fist fight with her uh, swim teammate Seema. And, uh, you know, we uh, shift immediately to a scene with Seema and her mean girlfriends. And they mention, or one of them mentions, that Megan seems quite a bit scarier than she had been before. Yeah. So notices that there is a change. Even though she was kind of a, a jerk ass before, she's scarier now. I, I think uh, I think it's the uncertainty, though. You know what I mean? Like, yes. you don't know which way she's going to jump or when she, when the other shoe's going to drop. But, uh, yeah. Exactly. Pe- people, she's acting weird. You know, the, a lot of this question has been, what do other people see and what do we yes, see we, as We're not readers? totally clear, yeah. Uh, and, and right in the next panel, we see that the people are definitely seeing strange things because we see what yes. someone sees through their telescope. Yes, we get that panel with River, who is definitely not a pervert, right? Uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> he's watching Shade from his window via telescope. Uh, now, <laughs> we see the reflection in the telescope has Shade's multi-headedness. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, this is actually a physical manifestation, not just an artistic uh, device. And it was also something that River appears to be able to see. Mm-hmm. Um, back at the house, uh, the Boyer's ground shade for her fist-fighting ways, which she initially is quite pleased with. She's like, oh, cool, I get to stay in my room forever. Mm-hmm. But uh, then she realizes that the grounding does not extend to school. She's still got to go there. Which I always thought it should, really. You know what I mean? Of if you're ground, you don't let you don't let prisoners out to the you know supermarket. You know, come on. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for some, that might be more of a punishment. That's true. But but uh, you gotta. You got the, you know, she's. They're saying you got to go to school, but you can't. You can't have fun. Um, so Shade goes, well, you might as well just kill me. And the parents decide that, hey, maybe we should see a therapist about this. We don't know how long Shade's been home, but uh, you figure that this would have been like a, a instantaneous type thing. It's like, hey, you were brain dead for a little while. Maybe we should. Uh, yeah, maybe that maybe would we be get good. a professional. Yeah, you know, maybe someone should look at you, but no. Yeah, I'm not sure how how good the professional was, but we'll get to that later. Um, <laughs> later, we join Shade in bed as she feels herself in the midst of something she calls metamorphose. Uh, she cannot feel her metan body anymore. Um, and so decides to dive back into whatever Megan memories she might. And that takes us to a memory from five months earlier. Megan is captain of the swim team and has assembled her crew out at the lake. Each member is holding a large stone over their head as they tread water. 
Seems safe, right? Wow. You know, that's <laughs> that's uh, that's, that's is that a real training? I mean, that's insane. You know, I don't. That's I, how uh, Michael Phelps did it, right? Yeah, I'm sure. That's what, you know, that's why his legs can kick through a steel, you know, <laughs> steel casing. Like, jeez. <laughs> now, I don't know if this is just to show just how cruel and demanding she was, or maybe to give an indication of why people react to her that way. But we're going to get more to that later. Yeah. Kind. Uh, the memory gets murky pretty quick, just as uh, I think Teacup uh, shows up and she's about to go in, and uh, she's about to hoist that bur- that that big stone over her head, and you know the uh, the memory ends. Yeah, I, I really like the way it was done because it was sort of like a dream, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you get the you get the I got the feeling these are impressions of things. Some of these things might have happened, but not just this way. She does a sure. weird like flip off of her friends heads and shoulders that seems like that probably didn't really happen you know but it's all part of the dream state and it's like and it's like uh you know with megan is uh lomax is that's kind of behind her the whole time so yeah it's kind of uh, like a waking dream where she's in it kind of yeah it's, uh, it's very it's very well done i, I like the uh, the device here um we get to go to Meta, which, if you've followed, if you followed any of our discussions on this book, this is where the book starts to lack a little bit for me. Mm. Um, we meet up with our friend Lapuck. He's trying to figure out how to break Loma's body out of its glass tomb. Uh, he decides to meet up with Mrs. Ms. Deeps, who is that one that uh, we mentioned looks like she would be Hellboy's sister. Like it does, she. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's got the sword-off horns, too. Um, still on Meta, we check in with one of those authorities that's really, you know, on about getting the MVFs back. Uh, he's uh, waxing poetic about his feelings for Rack Shade. Yeah. Apparently, uh, they had a, either a relationship or a kerfuffle, and Rack promised that they would go mad together. And the fellow's drinking. He's emotionally in tatters, and he's got a gun, so nothing can possibly go wrong here. Yeah, this is going to be bad <laughs> news. Um, yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, all this stuff you're, you're talking about, and you know, there's a little more to come uh, a little later on. Sure. But it, it is definitely. It has been traditionally kind of like the deader part of the book but in the last two issues it's come more into focus yeah where it's like all right uh, for a while i was like i don't even know what the hell this is about you know what i mean like the first couple issues what what is (laughs) what is i understand that that loma's an alien but what is all this all these other people what is their deal it's it's they're pulling it into focus and now you're like all right i do kind of want to see yeah definitely where the boyfriend thing is is going is is he going to show up or we'll see what happens Sure. Uh, now, the next day, we meet up with Shade as she meets up with River. Uh, it's here that she uh, spills the beans about her Metan heritage. Um, he seems pretty excited and receptive to the whole thing. Uh, he's especially tickled to find out that she's in reality blue, the yeah. color, not the emotion. <laughs> uh, it isn't until the walk home that he considers that she's been screwing with him the whole day. Uh, you know, which kind of stands to reason, considering what a you know what a dickbag she's been to most people. Yeah. Uh, in 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 past. And this definitely sounds like a, a teenage lie. You know what I mean? Of like, course. Oh, I'm I'm possessed by a goddess or whatever. I remember hearing lots of stories when I was a young guy. <laughs> Other people telling <laughs> me about in... <laughs> their special abilities. Like, right? Okay. We had a girl in our high school who uh, they said glowed in the dark. And uh, we said she was radioactive. I, I don't know that she really was, but that was the story. I don't know if I ever told you the story. There was one time I, I, I dated this girl named Christine. It was really a mm. double date situation because a friend liked her friend. My friend liked her friend. We were 15. 
Anyway, I, I was over I was over the house when my friend wasn't one day, and they said, "Oh, let's play Ouija board." And I was like, "All right." <laughs> so they didn't they didn't have one. They had to draw a Ouija board, and they I like two, where this is going. The two of them proceeded to sit. I was I literally stood and watched this, and I'd say all this took like even ten minutes. So I basically got a a free show, a front stage to some insane show. They immediately went to act like they'd contacted a demon. You can imagine. They asked, you know, are you a demon? Yes. Are you going to kill the, you know. Then one of the girls went into automatic writing. And the other girl was just putting, pulling paper away from her while she was scribbling on paper and, and moaning and stuff. And I was like, I really wanted to be like, come on. You know, what, what? I know I know I'm 15 years old, but this is ridiculous. Like, what do you think is happening here? You know, like I fucking the hoary spirits you pulling at me. Anyway, that's what this reminded me of. And uh, yes. the end of that story was I left that day and never saw them again. That's probably for the best. <laughs> you know, I was like, eh, that'll do. That's enough. <laughs> Next up, we joined the uh, the elder boyers at therapy. And. You know, I, I don't have my degree yet, but she, they're, they're they're told to just indulge our desires for now. Yeah, which is weird. Please kill me. Oh, okay. Sure. Why not? Um, uh, back with Shade, we get uh, Loma trying to depart the human body and leave Earth. Uh, she finds herself slamming into an invisible wall somewhere in the atmosphere. And from the way she speaks, we get the feeling that this is not the first time she's tried to abandon the planet. Mm. Uh, she deduces here and then and there that there's a choice to be made. It's either her, Megan's life, or her, Loma's death. She chooses the former. She chooses Megan's life. Uh, we head back to Meta, and we see Lepuck and Deeps. They head to the archives to dig up some dirt on the madness. They're met by our drunken lovelorn pal from earlier, and Lepuck gets shot. Mm, but it looks like a zap shot. Yeah, a he's stun. probably going to be in stasis or yeah, something. Yeah, kind of a paralyzing shot, so don't, don't, don't worry, all you big... Uh, fans of uh, her boyfriend. Yeah, but, yeah, save, save the hate mail. Uh, <laughs> I think he's going to be okay. He might just pull through. Mm. Uh, back with Shade, she's watching some either classic television or an old movie. It's in black and white, whatever it is. Uh, in it, a woman is apologizing to everything. She feels like she's hurt the houseplants, the oven, the table, her husband, everything. Mm. Uh, Loma gets it in her head that apologizing to everyone that Megan hurt might be the best way to go about starting this new life she heads downstairs and apologizes to what she calls her assigned adoptive parents mm -hmm. while they watch a zombified president-elect on tv no they're, you know what they're watching they're watching they live but that what that's what that is yeah like it, it's it a seat it, it kind of you know i'll tell you it <laughs> might be there might be a little uh double thing but that, yes. that's definitely like a, it's definitely a scene reminiscent of they live for sure I'm, I'm positive of it they might be giving trump the they live makeover but whatever i think that's probably <laughs> because that's what we do in comics sure well. uh, <laughs> now the next day she begins her apology tour proper she gives teacup a bird's nest I don't know why, but it's funny. Sure. I like it a lot. Uh, she gives the girls from the swim team some pebbles. So I guess instead of those stones, she's got pebbles. Ah, uh, I see. There you go. Maybe. Reduce, reduce your burden, <laughs> metaphorically. Yes, uh. I think you're right. She gives Wes, her ex-boyfriend, a note. And she gives Seema nothing, but still apologizes. And, she, I don't know and, if she and Seema doesn't seem to take it. Seema's not no. into it at all. We don't, we don't really know. Everyone else seems confused, and that seems to be the best reaction. But Seema definitely is not. She's not gonna. She's not gonna budge. She hates. No. 
uh, Megan or well, you know, Shade, whoever you want to be, yeah. you wanted to be. And I think this is the only the only f bomb in the book, which is you know kind of the way you do it. Yeah, that, it, it had a little bit of a of an impact. Well, I think there are a couple of s bombs, but uh, there are. Yeah, yeah, it's all right. But it's not like uh, not like that book we read last week. No. <laughs> <laughs> now that night, Wes sneaks up to her bedroom window. He has to come in, and he begins to apologize himself. Uh, he starts going on about how he should have jumped in sooner. Shade kind of waves it away. Doesn't doesn't seem to get the gravity of what he's saying. She's like, "Well, you, t- you told me how to swim. It's all good." So she doesn't really get it. Uh, he asks if he can stay over like like they used to, and she's cool with it. But but definitely just sleep. Just sleep. <laughs> yes, just sleep. Just sleep. Maybe some spooning. Yeah. Uh, definitely not a pervert. River is watching this by telescope. Yeah. He even okay. questions himself. He's like, uh, look at the stars, not at the neighbor, you know, but he, yes. he can't help himself. Yes, and we don't see his hands, so we don't know what's going on. <laughs> uh, now, while the two lay side by side spooning, we get a flashback of that fateful night. Uh, we get Teacup and Wes, uh, they're, they're standing by the water, and they're expecting, quote unquote, her to surface at any time. She's going to pop up whenever, soon. Uh, Shade wakes up. Uh, next to her, Wes is talking in his sleep, most likely about that night. He's saying, oh, look, there she is, but he's sleeping. Uh, suddenly, it seems like Shade might be, be starting to remember everything. And uh, she starts to understand why folks fear her like they do. So we're kind of like on the cusp of everything kind of making sense, maybe, coming out. Possibly. I mean, next issue will be five, right? Yes. In my mind, I mean, this is definitely, you know, comic book conditioning, but I feel It'll like... It'll go to issue six. They're yeah. going to gonna wrap up this arc, issue six. It'll make a nice yeah. trade, whatever. But but uh, it's still moving. It's still pretty well paced so far. It is. I think it's it's unre- it's revealing itself. And like like I said, uh, you know, the stuff that was seemed... A little more tiresome, or a little, little more confusing and boring before is more in, engaging now. Yeah, it's 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 pulling into the focus, and uh, it's having more of an impact. Where it's like, all right, I do kind of want to see where this is. Like, I, I I'm interested to see the you know what happened to that uh, guy that got shocked. Her, well, her, her yeah. yeah, her boyfriend, and what's going to go on there. Uh, although I'm I'm much more invested in the Earth stuff, obviously. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. And then, of course, that backup that we need in all the young animal books, right? Yes. Vital, vital backup that that is can't be left out of the story. Yes, I. Uh, it's about Element Woman, and in the notes that I wrote, I'm not sure I spelt it right, but it was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's not really anything. Uh, we say this about all these backups. This. Yeah. I, I mean, I'll say that I don't think this backup is very good. No. But again. It's three pages. Of course, it's it, not, it doesn't hurt the score. It, it's yeah, it's not, and it, and it, it, it was it wasn't very good, but it wasn't like, you know, offensive. It was just kind of like no. boring, mm-hmm. and I guess it was the sadness. The idea is Element Woman, you know, using her powers to create as the semblance of a normal life. Surprise! It does, life doesn't work that way, and uh, yeah. Element Woman is doomed to be alone, I guess, or uh, basically go go to Deviant Art and look at any comic strip. Yeah. Yeah, there's and a you got to back like up that. for a young animal book. Um, but so, it's again, it didn't not Doesn't necessarily hurt not really hurting the score or the story either, and no. and and uh, has nothing to do with the shade story even. Oh, absolutely. Sometimes a backup, you know, gives you a little extra story, gives you a little, you know, two, these two things are totally separate and they they don't need to be read. So, uh, no. whatever. But uh, you like this one a lot. 
I did. I think it was the best issue of the series so far. I gave it a 9 out of 10. Wow. I mean, that is a high score, especially coming from... Uh Chris, uh, you know, you, you know, <laughs> yeah, you, I don't, I'm I don't, I don't see, well, yeah, I don't see you as being too harsh, but you're definitely, you know what I mean? Definitely. I know that you agonized over a score like this a little bit, you know, you were like, I oh do. man, nine. And you start to think of all the other books you would give a nine and be like, does this stand with it? Well, you know, you know, I, I always say, you know, when you really judge things, it has to be after the fact. So sure. we'll, we'll really see how good this run is. In, in a, a year months. or two, you know what I mean? Or, you know, like in a while. We'll look, well, you'll look back, you'll say, like, all right, that all wrapped up well. I mean, if this ends horribly, we're not going to give a crap about how good issue number four was. No. But uh, taken up front, taken as it was as an issue, you know, the the pacing, the storytelling is not... I, I don't know whether they're, they've retrained my brain to understand Shade or whether mm. I'm just getting into it, you know, more as we go along, getting more used to it. But I feel like it's pretty up front now. It's not... Is so esoteric, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, also, this issue too was less as esoteric, less about her powers and more about her self-discovery. Yeah. Um, I think I would give it definitely, you know, like I said to you earlier, a strong eight and a half. I yeah. probably would go nine, but I'd be nine a little more trepidatious about it. Like that's it's a but it's damn great, and it's uh, yeah. you. Yeah. I see a nine as an A minus. I think that's you know, fair, I, yeah. Well, yeah, I figure B plus A minus is probably where I'd stick this. We all know the pluses and minuses are just put there to annoy the students. They don't actually mean anything. So they're basically the same <laughs> score, you know what I mean? We're on the same place. And uh, I see you You have a uh, snarky tagline that might, they might, maybe they'll pick this one up for the ads. What do you want to tell I, them? I'm waiting for, yeah, this is going to actually go on the uh, the trade paperback. Uh-huh. It's going to say, uh, Chris and Reggie, we had signs, or just Chris, if you don't want to be on that's here. That's fine, yeah. It'll say, uh, this is the best regularly published young animal book yeah and with an emphasis on regularly published because <laughs> yes. uh doom patrol was recently <laughs> at the end of this month uh and it's that's really it's gutting me i gotta say because it's funny because I'm, I'm doing these I'm, uh i'm still not sure we're gonna see it then i know i know i i really i want to keep up hope but when things are solicited resolicited twice that quickly yeah. tells me that something Something's calamity a, has a, happened a yeah an issue died for some reason or whatever maybe in the issue they had uh Something, you know, they, they put Carrie Fisher in, now she died, they gotta redo the whole thing. I don't know, you know what I mean? Like, some some current events happened that ruined everything, but it definitely, yes. it definitely makes me worried for that series. But this series has been cranking along and uh, building it must with every have been issue. The, it must have been the Hillary inauguration issue. I was, think, I was thinking, I was gonna say something like that, but whatever it was, you know what I mean? Like, it was something, something they had planned maybe didn't happen, or it really could be a million things. I have no information. Sure. I haven't seen a word about it online, or, you know, and I have no and special dude's information. He's a busy, he's a busy dude, so I'm sure... Yeah. Well, he's you know, co-writing like any... this, right? Or is am I yeah, wrong about uh, that? Cave Carson. He's co-writing Cave Carson, and he's, co he's writing Doom Patrol, and he's essentially, as far as understand kind of curating overseeing the whole thing so mm -hmm. uh maybe you know in order to get mother panic out but whatever it is uh could be an art thing but i really hope yeah, i'm that not that... sure if he's still doing his music and you know the, whenever we see someone step into comics from outside there's always the the possibility for a delay yeah it's, I mean, uh... we're still waiting for that uh, issue number two of uh, daredevil the target right <laughs> <laughs> what issue one came out in 2002? We're still waiting for issue number two. Uh, you, you have a space set for it? Are you, are you leaving? I, I've got a whole, uh, yeah, I've got a whole, uh, like a, a, a separator in my long box. Right. Just, just issue number two, you know? That's oh, it. I, can't, I can't put any more comics in there. I only have room for one more issue, and I got this space set up. Yeah, I know. Uh, and and I, can't, I can't lie, it makes me 
concern for this for this thing. But yeah, uh, whatever. We can only read the comics that exist. So uh, I mean, I'm actually looking at next week's comics, and they still have it solicited uh, Doom Patrol five on Comicsology, but. We know that ain't happening, so, uh, yeah, that's too bad. Uh, as far as other stuff for the next week, I don't see any young animal at all. Shocking. Uh, yeah, which, I, I mean, they only have four titles, so if they're going to miss one, it's pretty much going <laughs> to leave a gap. Um, yeah, no young animal next week, and the week after, I'm betting we do have Cave Carson. But uh, I think that's going to do us for this week. I think we young animal them out. Uh, gave I some good so. props to Shade. If you're not reading Shade, if you like Doom Patrol and you miss it and you haven't been reading Shade, pick up Shade. Shade, yeah. Shade will help scratch that itch. Uh, yes, it will. And it, it's, a, it's a great comic by itself. It's um, great. It's beautiful. I mean, the art is something, really. It's, it's very it's nice. Really, it's a great blend of something very clean and simple, but still able to do these psychedelic... A bit twisted, yeah. ...scenes that, that are necessary. You know, these are these are vital to the story. You couldn't just, you know, this couldn't be told in a straightforward nine-panel grid. That wouldn't work for this. Yeah, this isn't the John Romita senior uh, type yeah. of comic. Yeah, we call those classic comics, all right? You know? That's it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think that's it. Next Next week we will probably talk about a year in comics. I don't know what year it will be. We'll we'll figure it out when we get there. And the week after we do have at least a cave Carson, so there's more young animal on the horizon. But until then, I think that's all we got. You got anything else for him, Chris? Not that that'll do it. Well, until next week, I want you to keep it young and animalistic. See ya. All the waiters in your grand cafe leave their tables when you blink. Dog must have his every day. Every drunk must have his drink. Don't wait for answers. Just take your chances. Don't ask. Once in every lifetime, comes a love like this. Oh, I need you to Welcome back to Young Animal. My name is Reggie. My name is Chris. And this week we have an actual Young Animal comic book. There's no uh, yearly you know, <laughs> comic discussion like we had last week. Uh, a couple of people did write in to say that they enjoyed that, and I thank you very much. Uh, Absolutely. Glad that we could jog some of your memories and some of your reminiscences. But this week we do have a comic book, and that comic book is Cave Carson Has a Cybernetic Eye, number four, written by John Rivera, story by Gerard Way and John Rivera, art by Michael Avon Oming and Nick Filardi. And uh, you see that this this is the first time that that Gerard Way and John Rivera are not co-writing. Yes. Uh, Gerard Way, I mean, he could they came up with this story ostensibly long time ago. They're, just, they're still working on the first arc, so... Who knows? Who knows what happened here? We, Chris and I pontificated that it might be uh, the Doom Patrol delay might have something to do with this. Could uh, be. But we don't know. You know, obviously, who no. knows? Maybe he maybe he took a vacation. I don't know. Maybe he was sick. I don't know. Yeah. Neither of us have Gerard Way on our speed dial. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> not the, yet. The Gerard Way East Coast street team <laughs> did follow me on Twitter, though. So Me, too. 
Um, Me too. It's the, the building blocks. I figure we got we get Central America. You know, not <laughs> not Central America, but we get the Midwest. We get the West Street team. Then we can graduate to the National Street. You know. Yes. It's it's yes. there there are le- there are levels to do. We're, we're we're just you know we just started out. So hopefully we'll get to Gerard Way in six or seven years. Yeah, sure. When, when it's our uh, distant memory, right? Uh, unless, of course, they see uh, uh, the Mother Panic review, and then they'll just unfollow us. <laughs> that, might, that might do it. <laughs> anyway, anywho, on to the story. <laughs> we open up this issue with a, uh, a prologue piece. It's a it's a nice, uh, touching uh, piece with Mazra and uh, Chloe sitting on the stoop, and um, Mazra's brushing her hair, and they're talking. And uh, Chloe's, you know, she's a precocious young girl and she's asking questions uh but Mazra does her damnedest to uh kind of keep her off topic yeah trying to uh, keep things nebulous sort of blows her off and uh you know yeah. kind of changes the topic but essentially doesn't want to address the fact that Mazra is the queen of Muldrug and yes Chloe is the heir to that you know that's her Foreign. birthright she's yeah. the princess I guess and that's sort of the crux of the thing but it shows that I guess the idea is that Chloe was lied to her whole life. She never knew about these uh, possibilities. So uh, then we jump right into the story proper, picking up from uh, where last issue left off. They're at the city of Muldrug, where that horrible carnage happened, a bunch of dead bodies and a bunch of fungus monsters, or I guess fungi monsters. I'm not sure how we put that. Fungal. Fungal monsters. are they're, they're, All these corpses are, are scattered around. There's not a person alive, and Cave's actually using his cybernetic eye for once. It's like so rare that we really see him use it, you know? Yes. Uh, but he's like scanning the area, and he kind of does that Batman, the, the Rocksteady Arkham games thing where he can reconstruct the crime. Yes, the cheat mode. Uh, exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah, the, the holographic cheat mode to like, oh, yeah, I, I can reconstruct a full seven minutes of footage from this uh, one fragment one of glass. One hair, yep. Yeah. Uh, but he's doing the same kind of thing, and all he really sees is there was chaos. People are running around, obviously. There were there was big uh, big problems at the city of Muldrug. Mm. Also, at the same time, he sees, like, he sees, he reminisces on the first time he met his wife, Mazra, in the city of Muldrug. You see them both kind of younger and all still cast in this yellow holographic hue. Uh, so it, it gives me the impression that it is a facet of his eye, but this seems to be happening a lot. You know, it does. Yeah. We, we don't know if this is just him flashing back or if this is actually reconstructing from, from the eye, like you said, that's yeah. I mean, that's what I'm wondering is, is, is it like just, you know, a man mourning for his wife and he's like, you know, or is it the eye is, is fritzing out or, we we really know so little about the eye ever since learning that he basically picked it up in a cave somewhere. Yeah. You know, and it kind of like attached himself, attached itself to his face, kicked his other eye out and jumped in his face. <laughs> it could be something very sinister afoot. Or, you know, I mean, we just flat out don't know how it works. You know, it, it obviously has its own intelligence. So anyway, I mean, this is all this is all pieces of the puzzle, but we have no clue even what the picture of the puzzle is going to be. No, not at all. Uh, Cave heads over to uh, the uh, reservoir. Uh, Wild Dog says, hey, go check it out, and he does. Um, He's got, like, a glow stick. It's kind of like a, you know, like something that you'd see a spelunker use that uh, isn't, you know, like a flashlight or a torch. Mm -hmm. And uh, he tosses it in. And it uh, it lights up the entire reservoir, makes it look like almost radioactive, or actually totally radioactive. Yeah. It's glowing green. Um, but we don't know if that is just that the water supply is radioactive, or if it's an effect of you know tossing a stick in there. Um, 
you know, it might not be because he does take a sample from the reservoir and it does glow in the test tube. I mean, the whole thing is so weird because there's later on there's water that's orange. Yeah. The coloring is just very, especially when they go underground, it's so off that you're not quite, it could mean nothing, you know what I mean? The fact that the water is glowing the same color as that glow stick. Uh, Mm-hmm. I I just don't know, but yeah, uh, he does. He puts it in a test tube. So I guess that means he's going to test it for something, you know. Yeah, so, yeah, it's yeah. a little, little unclear right there. Yeah, absolutely, and we and again, we you know, we might be thinking too hard. Probably, <laughs> Which, yeah, <laughs> it's certainly a possibility. Um, now he's he also sees a uh, a corpse of a of a green fungus critter that uh, looks like it busted out of a human. We mm. got a human who's uh, he's also a corpse, by the way. Yeah, he, yes, he is also quite <laughs> dead. Uh, he is missing most of his face, or, or a good portion of his face, anyway. Yeah. Uh, looks like a. Uh, uh, a stalactite or a stalagmite is going through his head, or that might just be something he's leaning on. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, something definitely uh, fought its way out of his body. We also see, you know, eyes being such a touchy subject in this book. He's got a half an eye hanging out of his yeah. face too. It's pretty gory for the you know the, in the context. But a cartoony, of yeah. yeah. <laughs> they don't shy away from that in this cave, Carson. Yes, uh, this uh, this human was a uh, was a candidate for the mole team. You know how Cave is part of that mole team. He he did steal that uh, mighty mole from EBX. Uh, this fella here was a candidate to you know do something similar, or well, not steal but work. And uh, you know that's uh that's where we're standing right now. Yeah, and then it seems this this part was also strange to Chris and myself. But yes, it, it so it, it, what you see is Cave standing before this giant ornately carved door, but I really think, and there's definitely some error here. What I think it is is it's probably in the coloring uh, hmm. that the colorist made the wrong decision to color this. I think this is supposed to be Wild Dog. I think so. Yeah, uh, and and we have a reason to think that because we'll, we'll get into a little bit more of it. But uh, later on, a, a couple of panels later, it does look like there are three people in that scene, but one of them looks like it could have just been scribbled in. By anybody, you know what I mean? It's just like a stick. Mm. It's a stick figure. So what, what I think is supposed to be happening here is wild dogs in front of the door while Chloe is kind of fumbling around uh, nearby, and uh, she's able to open the door, and and wild dog reacts to it, and then Chloe calls her father, who's taking samples from the fungus creature that actually is being mm-hmm. sucked into the hypodermic needle and looks like a mushroom. So yeah. I thought it was a nice touch. And he it runs over. So he he couldn't have been in front of the door, is my point. Um, yeah. And, I, and I'm sure, uh, I wouldn't be surprised a lot of people were confused by this because I was, and still I'm confused because we're not positive that we're right, but I think that we're right, that uh, something wrong, something happened here. Yeah, because like we were saying, there's also that there's a scene where it's uh, where it's almost like stick figures yeah. uh, in front of the door, and it looks it very well could have been that they drew in Cave because we do see Wild Dog further back away from the door, but we can see his mask. Yeah, you know that for sure that's Wild Dog, and you see Chloe like up up above it. Yeah, she's got she's got a ponytail, right? Or yeah, that's her that's her characteristic right there. Yeah. Whereas Cave just looks like a, a kind of a blobulous stick figure, and uh, yep. it's just unclear exactly what happened here. But I think I think that what we what we're saying is correct that it was just Wild Dog and Chloe by that door. She well, Cave was off sampling. Cave was sampling. But uh, anyway, so Wild Dog does react. Cave gets there, whether he was there already or not. They're all <laughs> they are all in the same place eventually, and he finds Wild Dog about to shoot himself in the mouth 
with an Uzi of all things. Mm, that that'll, that's hardcore. That'll clean your sinuses as yes, you said it before. <laughs> uh, and Wild Dog is muttering something about I'll be right there and they need me, kind of implying that he's being motivated by a, a spook or a haint or something. Hmm. And uh, the gun actually does fire, but Cave snatches it away with a kind of a daring roll that he does. The gun hmm. also lets off a bang. Which I yeah. think I think it should have been more of a butter or a rat tat tat, right? As a as an Uzi. For an Uzi, yeah. But uh, yeah. unless there was only one bullet left. Maybe maybe that was it. Maybe <laughs> maybe he was like, I'm gonna kill myself. I'm not gonna waste ammunition on it. This is a, let's, not, let's not make a spectacle. You got to be efficient. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the uh, budget's uh, coming in. So Wild Dog and Kate, Cave, they mix it up. Uh, Wild Dog really wants to kill himself, and then Mazra's ghost kind of shows up, but she looks like this translucent zombie kind of falling apart pieces of falling apart yeah i'm not sure why that would that would happen i would think you know uh jim he he says that when when you go to heaven you get to go as your best self you go as the most handsome person because you mm. get you get to make all the other angels jealous that's what that's how he says okay uh, which makes sense that in heaven you know a beauty pageant is very important uh, in heaven i'm sure but, I could duck it to that. Yeah. But I would say that if you're gonna come back as a zombie, especially to entice your ex-husband or a ghost, you know, if you had the option, I would think you'd clean yourself up a little bit. Just a bit. You get the drool off your chin, yeah. But uh, cave cave scans her with his cybernetic eye, and he can tell she's not real. And uh, you know, that's probably because she doesn't even look like she's in 3D space. <laughs> probably, <laughs> you know, she's like hovering for goodness. Yeah. <laughs> Like, come on, come on, Cave. It's certain things you can tell just by looking with your regular eye. We don't, I mean, we yeah, don't you need to close that other one. <laughs> we don't need the edge. Um, I wonder if he closed it, if she wouldn't even be there at all. You know, this is this. Mm. Is, these are all very, very good questions about the eye. And it's interesting that, we, you know, we mentioned before that Cave uses his eye and it's unusual. He, I think it's only used yeah. it. "Quote unquote," like he, once or other. He used it in that times. office. Yeah, that's before the, uh, he gave the pen. Yeah, that's the that's the only time I can really think of. Other times we sort of see K vision, but it does it's not doing anything. It's just we sort of get a, a look at what he sees a little bit, you know, where he's, he's not doing anything actively. So it's sort of been a weird red herring, you know, considering it's part of the title. But I wonder how it's going to play out. Yeah, true. Uh, after this, though. Uh, Cave says, Chloe, close the door, and Chloe closes the door, and this kind of sucks the ghost zombie to back wherever she came from, and Wild Dog is back to normal. Before she leaves, though, she does say, Rat with me, which is pretty <laughs> creepy to hear from your dead ex-wife. I would say so. Yeah. I would say so. Um, just then, the EBX mole team, headed by Johnny Blake, shows up. Uh, they'd been sent in to retrieve Cave and the other Mighty Mole, the stolen one, if you remember. Uh, Johnny asks Cave to surrender as a formality. Uh, Cave flips him off. <laughs> he, uh, yeah. This is another uh, another shadow, uh, like a stick figure he's seen. He, he gives him the finger. Yeah, very clearly, though. It's not easy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, he does decline, and he asks how much it costs to buy uh, Johnny's loyalty. Um, a couple from the uh, EBX team get out of the mole to tranquilize Cave and his crew. Uh, Cave, uh, he knows one of them right off the bat, but later on we know we learn that he does know them both. Mm-hmm. Suddenly, some fungus monsters drop from the ceiling. We can't escape them fungus. Oh, yeah. Them fungals. <laughs> <laughs> one of them right off the bat just beheads the uh, NEBX merc. Uh, this is uh, Alistair. The merc, not the monster. Uh, <laughs> then he hacks another in the shoulder. So it's time to start freaking out. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, we don't know the monster's name. Al- Alice's no. sister is, um, <laughs> is on board the Mighty Mole, and she's worried about her sibling. And uh, good news. He's dead, so you don't have to worry <laughs> Nothing anymore. Nothing more to worry about. <laughs> now, the team retreats back to the mole as uh, as fungus monsters just they, – they, they populate and surround. Mm. Uh, we get some mayhem here. Uh, cave nullifies the fungus monsters with a – now, this is weird. It's a, it's like a lightning gun, yeah. right? It's like it's a blast of lightning from, you know. So it's it's strange because you're getting a head-on shot. It's it's almost like he's firing it at us or, like, you know, to our left, you know, a little yeah. bit. Uh, so you're seeing Cave and the team, and you can see the trunk is open on his Mighty Mole, so he retrieved it from there. But we don't see what the lightning did to any, no. anything. Uh whether it killed or scared away or paralyzed the uh, fungus monsters, we it's just it's unclear what happened really after this. And all that seems to happen off panel, but in the very next panel, everyone is you know they're no longer attacking. So something. Yeah, you'd, you'd, <laughs> you'd think if this if this was the you know if this is the killer app gun for yeah. uh, fungus monsters, you might have it on your sidearm and not in the trunk of the car. Yeah, I, you, you know? know you you know they're around. You know you're you, yeah. you, you're taking samples from a fungus monster like 30 seconds before this. So <laughs> uh, you know it's it it really seemed a couple of things that those things seem strange about it. And also like you think this might have been mentioned like. Luckily, I have the fungus monster gun or whatever it yes. is. You know what I mean? Oh, these <laughs> these monsters can be nullified. Give give us a little. This was a case where I mean, what what he basically does, he comes out with a MacGuffin and yeah, snaps definitely. snaps the problem away, which is works narratively. But I think we could have used a little more explanation of what really happened here. It's it's like going to fight Dracula and be like, "Oops, my garlic's in the car." I'll be <laughs> yeah. right there. wait here. <laughs> I'll be right Don't back move. with a garlic. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, Cave, uh, Cave tells Johnny in, in all this uh, in all this mayhem to uh, not make this a war and to, you know, beat it. Hit the bricks. Mm-hmm. Graham. Johnny, uh, he agrees. Uh, Paul Borstein's toady ace does not. They will proceed with the mission despite the setback. Yeah, they, and they have a trace on uh, Cave's mighty mall, so they will find them, but... Uh, mm-hmm. All this gave Cave and the gang a little head start, and they're on their way to Shah Muldrug, which is certainly mm-hmm. a reference to Shangri-La. That's a fictional place described in the 1933 novel Lost Horizon by James Hilton. I I don't know that that's fa- I found that in uh in Uncharted, I think. Oh really? Yeah, think, oh uh, Shangri-La, yeah. I, <laughs> I maybe maybe I maybe I got my maybe I got my sources wrong. It's actually from Uncharted. It was a you know, you the video game series. Right. I, 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 I that was a good game. Uh, anyway, yes. um and he thinks this is where King Patrol is hanging out despite evidence to the contrary that you know, there doesn't seem to be anybody there at first. Uh King Patrol by the way is his wife's father as well as obviously Chloe's grandfather. He needs to talk to him, find out what happened. Now, first they come upon some studly Muldrugans. Yes, they are massively studly. Mm-hmm. And one of them is wearing a, uh, like a takeoff uh, on an I Love New York t-shirt, but it's a, it's an I with a, instead of a heart, it's a bat symbol. So it's mm-hmm. I Bat Gotham. And it's a, it's a, it's a groovy little half shirt. I know, so it's a cut off half button. shirt. <laughs> it's like, wow, man, it's like, it's still the 1980s down there. That's I, I want to go to Shaw Muldrug where I can be comfortable. Mm-hmm. These guys, I mean, they look. Just like the super dudes of the, you know, of the year. And they don't look like the other Muldrugans either, you know. The, these yeah. guys are buff, you know. 
Uh, we just need to see their Walkmans and their uh, their cassette tapes. That's right. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> but Chloe, uh, you know, she's uh, seems to be smitten. She uh, she digs the look of these studs and uh, starts uh, pulling out her phone and taking pictures, and she's just having a, a good time. Oh yeah, we'll see. I mean, Chloe, Chloe may yet hook up with a Muldrugan. We'll see. <laughs> but is that incest? I wonder if they're related. Mm, I don't know. Uh, I, I Considering she didn't even know she was Muldrugan, I bet she gets a buy, though. You know what I mean? There you I go. She, she's, a, <laughs> she's grandfathered in. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, Saab Muldrug <laughs> is, in fact, a lush underground paradise of, again, this is the place with the orange water yeah. and just sort of weird day glow everything. You know, it's weird looking at it at face value. It doesn't look like a lush underground paradise till you realize that some of the things are supposed to be uh, flora. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's it's not it's not the green and blue uh, thing you'd expect. But uh, everything here we learn lives due to the irradiated pallid Arenso or Godstones, which I have a feeling will come into the play later on. Also, <laughs> Chloe's also going to remember she's meeting her grandparents for the first time. King Patrol says he's called it. He called for his daughter, not Cave. So. What the hell are you doing here, Cave? I don't want to see my loser son-in-law. Uh, Cave has to break the bad news to them that uh, his, their daughter, Mazra, is dead. And it pretty much ends, their scene ends with them all crying and consoling yes. each other. Yeah, because uh, he hands over a, like a lock of her hair, I believe. Which That's right. Maybe it's a custom. We don't know. It, it's, uh, it's pretty dire, although... You know, giving someone a lock of hair. Exactly. They know immediately what it means, though. <laughs> I think it's got to be Muldrugan custom, yeah. because otherwise, giving someone a lock of hair doesn't really indicate anything. <laughs> you know? No, unless like you're a, like a creepy stalker. Or something. It has a sort of creepy connotation, <laughs> but you, you kind of assume, well, I guess that person's not dead, at least. But anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah this, was, this was some sort of a Muldrugan <clears throat> custom. And uh, it's, it's pretty touching the way it all kind of ends on a silent note, but that's not the very yeah. end. No, no, we do get an epilogue. We meet up with our ponytailed friend, Paul Borstein. He's in his office hanging out with, like, these odd creeps in, like, cat cat's eye robes. It's sort like, of, yeah. And we never saw them before, right? Like, I, I don't, I don't yeah. remember them at all. Like, where do these guys I come from? I think we would have remembered them. I'm not Who sure, are they? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, because, like, they've got, like, uh, not exactly crosses around their necks, but, like... Sort of crosses. <laughs> there's some sort. There's some kind of symbol there, but I, you know, like I can't. A, it's like I just a Castlevania weapon. You know, I don't. I don't remember any pseudo cultish religious aspect of this story at all. But maybe there were hints dropped. I, I might have to try to go back and look and see what I can find out. But I was a little, you know, like, well, who are these people? But I guess yeah. all to be revealed. They, but they do definitely look like a like a religious sect or a cult or something. Yeah. And uh, you know they're hanging out with uh, with Borstein, and uh, we learn that we learn something very disgusting actually. They are distilling <laughs> some stuff from his dad, and we met his dad, but he was a uh, I think he was clothed. Oh yeah, he had like a uh, trench coat, a hat. He was yeah, he was yeah, heavily he was well bundled covered. up. Well, now we get the full frontal. <laughs> he, is, <laughs> he is rather nude, and he is being, quote-unquote, milked. Mm-hmm. Um, there are tubes coming in from, uh, like, his side, his nose, a lot of his orifices and otherwise. Yeah. There are hoses, and he is being milked. Uh, we can see why he was wearing a trench coat and hat, because he is quite the fungal beast. Yeah, I... There are uncountable mushrooms hanging off this guy and it's rather disturbing i mean my impression is that he's the genesis of the fungal 
serum that turns people you know, or causes fungus right? monsters yeah. to jump out or maybe he you know I, I we don't know exactly everything yet but yeah it's obviously this guy is a major part of it and this last page is very gross yeah, he might be a fungal fetishist. His uh, basket of fruit turned into a basket of fungus, you know, yeah. a basket of mushrooms. Anyway, so uh, that's that ends at Cape Carson. But then we do get our usual backup. But it's not our usual backup, is it? Mm. Because none of that Wonder Twins nonsense for me to, to tease you about this. Time Damn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, we get uh, these are when they first announced the uh, young animal uh, line or when they first promoted it, it came out as a like a little ash can version of uh, of one of those old 1980s who's who magazines Mm. where they uh, gave a little spotlight to some of the characters they were going to focus on. And this backup continues that we've got a couple from our favorite. Yeah. Favorite young animal book, uh, <laughs> Mother Panic. Uh, we get a who's who entry for uh, Rebecca Page, who is Mother Panic's mother. So maybe she's Grandmother Panic. And uh, we also yeah. get, uh, <laughs> yeah, that was terrible. Uh, we get Dr. Sudidi Varma, who uh, we met very, very early in Mother Panic, where uh, she was treating Violet on her private jet yeah. before she landed in Gotham. And then after that, there's uh, some Mother Panic sketches of uh, Mother Panic on the bike. And there's a note from the editor at the end kind of telling us of the greatness of uh, Young Animal and stuff like that. If I, um, there's already cosplayers. This, you know what I mean? They're showing you how people are people are crazy for the YA imprint, folks. Uh, the mm-hmm. Young Animals got people going going nuts across the world in the country. Um, so, you know, we don't love Mother Panic, but I certainly prefer this over... Uh, the usual stuff we get back here, the, the Tom Scioli backups, because we're always just like, what the hell's even going on? We have no idea. They look half finished. And this kind of explains it, because yeah. this this issue was solicited with a Tom Scioli backup. So yeah, I mean, he was well, late, you know, yeah, with the with the two or three pages. I know. <laughs> but uh, we, we had talked earlier about how maybe it, these they look like wood wood carving art so maybe he actually does carve it out of wood possibly uh, yeah they're, they're they're lithographic reliefs he's uh, yes. carving out and, and and doing doing reverse prints but i mean uh, but i'll tell you i mean you know I, I read the who's who things and i was like oh that's you know yeah they didn't they didn't break my they didn't really do a whole lot for me but something like that might actually get us more into mother panic so especially since we get so precious little info in mother panic uh, it, so it actually is, did fill in a couple of things you know what i mean yeah, it didn't, it, didn't welcome. it didn't reveal any you know major points where i was like oh but i was like all right this gives me a little more like color to the universe and like what sure. what uh violet page is all about so uh i would rather see stuff like that than most yeah, of the cause... backups that we're getting we <laughs> haven't seen we haven't seen one backup that we've been really excited about and because, uh yeah we get like a lot like back in the day before vertigo started we had the like similar stories to the, like we had that proto vertigo weird kind of mainstream but not and a lot of that got flagged for being and i hate this saying but it was weird for weirdness sake yeah and these backups they they kind of seem to fit that mold a bit they fit, and uh they fit that or they seem to you know i'm thinking all the other stories and the other young animals and uh some of those that you know the nuts and bolts of them are fine. They're drawn fine. Mm. The storytelling sure. is fine. But the stories are like a day in the life of of, of Element Woman, you know? Element or like, Woman. Or like, you know, like, <laughs> well, what does, uh, I don't know, Wonder Woman, well, how does she buy lingerie? Like, I, I, it's just really <laughs> what I want to see. You know, for the most part, 
We've never seen a a backup that made us angry. We, you know, we always say we're always no, like it did, silly, but... it's not hurting the score, but it's not helping it. And and a backup no. can help the score. I think if you see a really good backup, you'd be like, oh, all right, this really ended on a high note. So absolutely. Uh, you know, I gotta say, if you're not gonna uh, come with something better, stick with the who's who, young animal. That's uh, those those work. Those uh, bring me a small amount of pleasure. So you know that that's uh, if Tom Skioli's late again. Don't hesitate to slap those in there. But anyway, uh, overall, this issue, I uh, did enjoy it. I thought, you know, the couple of problems that it had, the coloring problem that seemed like it was just an actual error, and uh, some of the things we were a little unclear on, I'm thinking about the lightning gun, um, Mm -hmm. and also some of the relationships of the EBX mole mole team. Just, I'm a little fuzzy on them, you know what I mean? But I I guess I get getting the idea that their team is pretty much basically what you need to know. And yeah. not, not necessarily individual characters. I have a feeling all or most of them die anyway before the end. <laughs> yeah, they before, seem very disposable. Yeah, so before this is all done, I think <laughs> the only the ones with the names that keep getting repeated are going to uh, possibly make it through. Yeah, um, Ace might survive. But, you know, it, it was definitely it was a good issue. Keeps me interested. Keeps me wanting to find out what happens with uh, King Patrol and the rest of them and, and what's going on with... Uh, What's his name's dad? You know, fungus dad. Mm-hmm. So I ended up giving this a seven five out of ten, but I would say, like I often do, that it was a weak seven five. Would have been a strong seven. But that's right where I'm at. Yeah, a strong seven because it it did seem to be a, a step back. Uh, not a bad book, but uh, it seemed to be a step back from where we've been. And uh, you know, it's it's around the fourth or fifth issue of most comics these days where it uh it does lull yeah you know where uh we had three issues of learning and progression and here it was just a little bit of a break in that which uh which really no harm no foul on the book itself it's just the way comics are done now mm-hmm. um but still you know it, it, i'm sure it'll read fine in trade and i wonder if they'll fix those coloring errors in the trade that's that's a good but, question uh, i think they definitely should if yeah. it's me but yeah i wonder if they will um or do something to make it more a, clear a little clearer uh exactly see because like i say we could be wrong about the juxtaposition of all the characters or just how we how we saw it but uh yeah, yeah it's the kind of thing in the final we're gonna have to you know really analyze this i don't know if we will specifically but one would have to analyze this <laughs> as a, as an arc and yeah. I, I bet that could pull up this number or it could pull it down you know what i mean but yeah uh you know we, we, it really has to do with the uh, next two issues that follow, and I gotta assume it's gonna be like a six issue arc, right? That's what everything. They generally are right? pretty much, yeah. right? That seems to be the law. <laughs> that's uh, what anyway, we're <laughs> trained for these days, yeah. So um, that's it for Cave Carson. Uh, next yeah. week we do definitely have Doom Patrol four. We've seen issues We've on. We got Twitter. it in our grubby hands. And actually, too. we actually <laughs> now we do actually have it, and and uh, yeah, it's it's out there, folks. It's gonna be out on Wednesday. Very exciting. So we'll be talking about that next week, and the week after mm-hmm. is Shade the Changing Girl number five. That which... promises to have some re- revelations as well. Oh yeah, I'm really, I'm super looking forward to that. You know, Shade mm-hmm. the Changing Girl has just been gaining a lot of steam for me. You know, I, yeah. I, like, we were both kind of predisposed to like Doom Patrol yeah. to some extent. I think you know, Absolutely. it could it could have worked against us though if it had been if it had been even slightly bad. I think we would have hated. You know, we would have oh, gone. We'd have... This is the worst <laughs> crap ever made, you know. But uh, but John Byrne. Yeah, exactly. That's the, that's the kind of thing I'm thinking about. Where it's like, even if it was a serviceable comic, if it wasn't, you know, appropriately Doom Patrolish, we would have been, you know, 
jerks Barry about it. it. Yep. But uh, you know, we do like it. But Shade the Changing Girl is something where you know I like I liked Shade in the '90s, but I'm really mm-hmm. really enjoying this uh, this series. So I'm looking forward to it. And then beyond that, good weeks, yeah. who knows? I'm not gonna guess on spec. You know, on solicits yet unsolicited as far as I'm concerned. So. Yes. Um, I think that's all we got for him this week, Chris. You got anything else for him? No, I think, think that'll do us. Well, until next week, everybody, I want you to keep it young and animalistic. See ya. Feeling better now that we're through. Feeling better because I'm over you. I learned my lesson and left a scar. Now I see how you really are. Welcome on back to Young Animal. I am Reggie. Me be Chris. And we have a swell book that we've been waiting quite a little while for. Uh, Doom Patrol number four. Writers mm-hmm. Gerard Way, artist and the cover artist is Nick Darrington. Colorist is Tamara Bonvillain. On sale date was January 25th, 2017. Uh, we've been waiting a little while for this. What's it been? Two, yes. Almost two months, right? It's been like I think so. It's supposed weeks. to be the end of... Yeah, it's supposed to be, what, early early December. Yeah, supposed to come out early December. Here we are, late January, but I guess better late than never, and uh, our cover does show. What's funny is I feel like I've lived in this cover because I've seen the solicit now so many times. (laughs) Yes. But it's it's some sort of a robot serving up what looks like a typical fast food meal, except that the bun of the burger is blue. Yes. So I guess that's how they like it in space. So, uh, yeah, let's jump right in. Yeah, we're going to open up on Sam. You remember Sam, right? I barely did. (laughs) (laughs) Sam Sam is uh, Casey's uh, EMT partner. Mm -hmm. Uh, He is sleeping in a child's bedroom, or at least it appears to be a child's bedroom. Yeah. And he's he's woken up by a steady chant of... Tabby Mock. I think that's Tabby Mock. That's good enough. I'm not sure. Yet. Yes. Uh, yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I don't I, want to summon anything, but I only assume so. Is that this like looks like baseball trophies and a globe and looks like Bruce Lee? You know, uh, if a, I were to a guess, TA I, above his head, it might be his bedroom as a kid. I think right? it's his bedroom when yeah. he was a kid because uh, well, we'll find out a yeah. little bit later. We'll, we'll we'll get more into that in a minute, but yeah, I think that's what it is. But he's, I'd say this is definitely a a kid's room, regardless. It was of yes. Whatever. <laughs> Uh, now, Sam uh, strolls across the house trying to track this sound down. Uh, he walks past his uh, sleeping mother, who's uh, passed out in front of the TV, uh, and he goes up to the source of this chant. It is his uh, 15-year-old son, Lucius. Uh, he's in his bedroom. The floor is covered with candles and lines, and he's doing uh, some some of that old witchcraft stuff. You know? Yeah. He's, uh, <laughs> he's, he's breaking it down here. Um <laughs> We got on on the on this kid's wall. It's awesome. There's a there's like band posters, but they're all based on DC properties. I mean, it's all over the walls and the ceiling. It's like a uh, like a gothier or or metal teens bedroom. Yeah, very much a a teen bedroom. I I don't. 
I'm kind of glad to see it. I hope teens still do their bedrooms like this. I don't know if that still applies, but I definitely, mine was similar to this, and I saw plenty like this. Yeah, we got some bands here like Cryptonomica, <laughs> uh, Challenging the Unknown, uh, Blue Devil, which is, you know, just Blue Devil. It's uh, written on top of a uh, pentagram. Yeah, to make it extra have, satanic. Uh, yes, extra evil. Uh, we have Dial H for Horror. We got Command Z. The challenge. Um, we got a Legion of Omac, a Crisis with a K, because bad grammar is cool. Mm-hmm. Also with a K. Um, Dark Side, which uh, which uh, helps me realize how you're supposed to say that name. Uh, <laughs> not Dark Seed, huh? You know, you know. Not Dark Seed. Yeah. Uh, we got Black Razor, like the uh, Black Racer, that uh, ski pole, uh, the skiing embodiment of death. And then we have Fourth Underworld. Which, which is ba- a which band one. do you think you'd listen to out of all these? Uh, you know, I kind of like uh, Dial H for Horror. That probably sounds like it's got the most uh, <laughs> weird lyrics, right? I I, yes. really, I can't get over Legion of Omac. I just need that's to know a great one too. About, but... <laughs> it's it's a bunch of kids with mohawks. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> That'd be cool as hell. <laughs> Wouldn't it? <laughs> now uh, Lucius's tendency towards magic is uh, it's it, this isn't the first time this has happened. We get the idea that this is a bone of contention between him and his father, and has been for quite a while. Um, pretty much, Sam wants him to you know cut it out. You know, stop acting like a weirdo. Um, Lucius says he'll drop the sorcery thing, uh, and then Sam could go back to doing karate. Which is in a, which is an insult somehow. Yeah. Um, there's there's something here. Yeah. There's. Yeah. We don't know yet. Yeah. But the karate no. is a problem. It's a it's a sore point with Sam. So he gets mad. I wonder if he's going to be uh, revealed to be Richard Dragon Kung Fu Fighter hmm. or something. <laughs> Who? Well, that is another Kirby creation, and that's a uh, something that's a uh, or Kirby art creation anyway. Anywho, Lo- Lucius feels ignored and f- and friendless. He says that he uh, nobody cares about him at school and nobody cares about him at home. Um, now he says that his mother is never going to come back if uh, or the father says that 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 their mother the mother won't come back if they can't get everything together. Yeah. Or the, which one? Well, Lu- Lucius Lucius really says mom's never con- going to come back yeah. if we don't. And I, I, I'm implying come to you know be a family, yeah. be cool with each other. Then Sam snaps back and says she's never coming back. Yeah. And that uh, that wakes up his mother in front of the TV. Uh, Sam apologizes and he slinks away to put mom to bed. Night night. So uh, my impression is just from what we know, and we get a lot of information in these pages. Hmm. I, I got to yeah. say, like there's a, even just visual information. It's it's pretty well done. It's it's a pretty standard, uh, you know, six panel grid. So it's not really stretching our yeah. It's not over comprehension. Yeah. Uh, but it, I get the impression that whatever happened, he and his wife split up. We don't know. Maybe maybe she's injured. We, who knows the deal? But they're not together, and they're living with Sam's mother. Right. I, I, that's my assumption. That's got to be it. Which I which I think is 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 a pretty good implication as far as storytelling goes. It seems like a lot packed into a small space. Yeah, because they don't even outright say it, but we get enough to be able to deduce it. Sort of sort of yeah, draw it together. Plus even the look of the place how it's like all like all that old crappy wood paneling, you yeah. know, like uh 80s wood but this is like his childhood mm-hmm. home, you know. And that's why you said in the beginning the the room he's sleeping in is probably Sam's as a child. As a child. Yeah. But a lot of that is conjecture folks we're just we're just putting some things together so maybe we'll be proven wrong and it's all uh yes we're just your conduit yeah he doesn't even know that lady he just <laughs> he just lives there you know he calls her mother we don't know mm-hmm. so meanwhile in the negative space which is a, a pink 
sky place with a green ground, if, in case you didn't know that. Larry Cliff and the Negative Spirit are hovering before a big obelisk with a trackball in it. This big black ball on the top of it. It's called Nhal, the Negative Entity. The mm-hmm. obelisk beckons them to touch it, and when they do, I, th- I would guess what happens. It looks like they get teleported inside. I think so. But whatever it is, they're teleported elsewhere. You know, we know that much. Uh, and they're sort of in an arena that has a smaller version of this obelisk, which has been, like, very specifically hewn, been kind of like the edges have been, you know, the facets have been specifically cut in a certain way. Um, and there's a bunch of other negative spirits ringing the place, uh, watching this trial. What we're going to learn is basically what's going to happen, uh, watching the proceedings go on. And they're all different shapes, right? Some of them are, like, mm-hmm. tentacles. Some of them have, like what looks like three eyes and horns. Yeah. Uh, some of them are small. Some of them are fat. You know, they, they really come in every shape and size, um, which is really, this is kind of blowing open the whole negative man world. You know what I mean? It is. Like, it is. <laughs> never really thought of it, there being negative men, but here we are. Uh, <laughs> so it's time for Larry to be judged. Um, and the negative spirit, by the way, we learn is named Keeg. Sure. That's Why just, not? Yeah, sure. Now we uh, next we check on, in on our old friend Niles Calder. He's doing his uh, his Dick Lewis impression. He's watching. He's, uh, <laughs> he's, he's snooping on Casey and her pink furry pal on a gigantic television. Uh, Casey's right leg is gone. If you remember that happened, uh, I think she was leaving like the Danny Land comic store last issue, and um, one of her legs disappeared. And uh, and so she takes a leg from the wrecked Niles Calder robot that we also saw there. Mm-hmm. And uh, then because uh, we can we, we see that Niles is actually uh, we think she he's actually watching her through that robot. Right. Uh, I Actually, you're right. I, I didn't even really notice that. But, yeah, like that all comes from a Niles Calder robot point of view. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, what we saw last time is that he made the robot. It wakes up. It like punches him or, it get, you know, it kind of like gets, it gets annoyed with him. Yeah. And busts out. But. It, it went here, I guess. Whatever it is, though, it, it is decommissioned. It looks like it had something happened to it. It got wrecked somewhere along yes. the line. Now, Ricardo shows up and asks about he asks about Danny. Actually, wait uh, a second. Wait a second. I want to just I just noticed one sure. other thing. So on that Niles called a robot. He's got that chest camera that he used to make Cliff Steele wear. Remember in the yep. Arnold Drake run? That's yep. where it's coming from. There's my answer. That's okay. got to be it. I had That's to I had to work it. it all out with you right here on the line. So thank you very yes. much. <laughs> <laughs> Our man Ricardo shows up and he asks about Danny, uh, which scares the bejesus out of Casey. And uh, Ricardo, he's from the uh, he, he says he knew Danny when he was a bungalow, which is out of the uh, Keith Giffen and uh, Matthew, what is Cla- Matthew, Matthew Clark. Clark. Yeah. yeah, Matthew Clark's run. That was a uh, volume five that ended right before Flashpoint. Yeah. Uh, Casey kneels and some electricity shoots out of her hand into her robot foot, which uh, causes Fug, that's our little glomer critter, yep. to, play, to play a recording, explaining that uh, this is Casey's biosurge, her power. Is that time uh, of the was, month? Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I shouldn't have. I was bad. Shouldn't have done that. She received, <laughs> she received it while uh, traversing the ionic storms in quadrant 1087 during the Tevatic Wars. Right. Okay. Um, now, Push does his, uh, I mean, Fug does his, like, Teddy Ruxpin impression here, and uh, he ejects a cassette from his chest. Yeah. Um, and uh, it removes a, it's like a, it's like a chunky-looking, mucusy 
like yeah. afterbirth covered cassette. It's like almost biological. It's like bi- yes. biological, and then you know a cassette. And there's there is a, something extra. It almost looks like a uh, you know a, for the old film camera, not the film cameras, but like what are they called? The DV tapes, little chunky yeah. tapes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know whatever. It's just the way it, the way it's drawn. I guess comes out with a slurp. By the way. It does. <laughs> now, the cassette is titled Casey Brink Operating Manual Part 1, Introduction to Powers and Abilities. So Casey pops it back in there, uh, and the recording explains that the biosurge can short most simple circuitry with focus by putting the body under a moderate amount of strain. For instance, simulating a bowel movement. A forced bowel movement. <laughs> yeah, which is exactly <laughs> well, what she does. <laughs> well, she pushes, and it works. Uh, she pops the lock. And they are off to the races. Yep. Uh, back to the negative space. Hal is ready to pass judgment. Larry broke the ninth law of negative space, which is what what he broke was that he merged and split from the negative spirit, which somehow fractured it. Sort of unclear <laughs> to me, but essentially what Larry's been doing with the negative spirit has been wrong. It's been a problem, and he's found guilty uh, right away. Cliff demands due process, but Hal explains it's really a formality, but since Larry owed them an eternity, as soon as he broke the first law, the first law of negative space. Which is pretty much don't mess with negative space. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> he was already he was already convicted the minute he started. Uh, when Larry merged the negative spirit, explained Nahal, he messed up negative space and connected himself permanently to its fabric. And he also became an important component in a billion year war against evil. So as a as punishment for the judgment or whatever, the result, Nahal wants uh, Larry and Key to essentially keep doing what they're doing. Just, you yeah. know, your punishment <laughs> keep on, keep is, is to live as you've been living. Uh, Cliff demands that Larry has his say. He must have his say in the in due process. So he has his say, and Larry wants the same thing. Uh, mm-hmm. He wants to be a hero, and Keeg allows him to be a hero by, you know, sending uh, the negative spirit out. So, um, or what we used to call negative man. Mm-hmm. So it seems like everyone is in accord here. Everybody is... Uh, Okay with with the judgment and Nahal Nahal is pretty moved by this, so he decides that when Larry releases Keeg to do his heroic stuff, and then Larry goes into sleep mode, Larry will have this incredible fulfilling dream that will encompass a lifetime of his own, mm-hmm. and that he will die at the moment the dream will end, and he will die when the negative spirit comes back into his body, and he'll wake up feeling, you know, fulfilled and refreshed theoretically, or I guess waking up as if you've just had a good dream, which is always nice. Mm-hmm. It's a hell of a punishment. Now, <laughs> this could be a bit of a bum deal, though, because, hmm. first of all, who the hell likes to be woken up out of a dream? All True. Right. And I, okay, so we can assume that they're going to tailor it so this dream is going to actually conclude organically with when the negative spirit comes back. Okay, I can buy that, that, even though that doesn't sound reasonable, since the negative spirit would be out of the body in varying times, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but okay, I can buy that, but... but then you'll always be like, oh, I had that dream life where whatever I had, a family, uh, you know, whatever your dream is yeah. to have. I was rich, whatever, or, you know, I was helping, you know, people get fresh water and stuff. And now I'm just a freak in a, with a negative <laughs> spirit with, with, with three nipples, three black nipples on my oh. chest. You know what I mean? So uh, I wonder I wonder how it's going to play out if this, if this gift is going to end up being more of a curse. But we will see. I, I think it seems to have been been given in the spirit of you know gratitude, and it was supposed to be a nice gesture. So maybe it'll work out nicely. 
We don't know. Um, we uh, we now join back with Casey and her pals, and they're dashing through the halls trying to escape. Uh, Casey seems to somehow know where they're where to go. Yeah. She knows the path here. Uh, they almost bump into the Vectra, or those ruby skin guys that are supplying a meat order for the interstellar fast food company Goob Fubas. <laughs> uh, we we've been seeing them off and on throughout the series here. Yeah. Uh, Casey overhears them talking about a development that they will not tell their business partners the Gloams about. We haven't seen them since the first issue, but if you remember, very they, early, yeah. yeah, they were more humanoid-looking people. Yeah. Now, uh, once once they pass by, Casey zaps a door lock and it opens to reveal Danny the ambulance. And he looks like he's had quite a time. Oh, yeah. He's pretty busted up. Uh, they they wind up st- the the baddies here. They uh, stuck a meat grinder onto the back of Danny to process all of the Danny people for meat. Yeah. That's pretty pretty foul. I mean, it's just jammed right onto his loading bay too, right? Or is that, yeah. That's what it looks like. It looks so gross. Yeah, and it says like smile right before you go in. Yeah, yeah. It's like to make it even crazier. <laughs> no, Casey's a little bit peeved at Danny for revealing her origin as a comic book character, but she finally realizes that she is a creation of Danny. And we get uh, Danny's. Uh, we get a, a little bit of a secret origin for Danny here. At least in um, terms of this series, you know. Yeah, yeah. For there, this, there for this is, volume. Exactly. Yeah. There's more to Danny than this, but this is this will suffice for this volume. Certainly, for now, anyway. Mm. Uh, after he was reduced to Danny the Brick again, uh, our old friend Crazy Jane or Kay Chalice found him. Uh, he became a, he became a cabana for a little while. That's that uh that fifth volume, the Giffen and Clark run. Mm. Uh, but eventually, he became a brick again. He and Crazy Jane traveled the universe like uh, like Doctor Who and a companion would. Uh, they met a stranger who called himself D, the letter D. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is a white silhouette in a red cape. Uh, he brought them to parties. He showed them a lot of the space anomalies. Uh, D brought them to a castle in the sky far away from anywhere they'd been. While there, D bashed everyone's brains out with Danny and took pictures of the carnage. Yikes. <laughs> Uh, this left uh, Danny and Jane uh, pretty much catatonic. Uh, when Danny came to, Jane was already gone. He zapped back to Earth and started trailing a rainbow. Yeah, like a Nyan cat, right? Nyan, yes. Nyan, nyan. The, is that the Pop-Tot thing? Yeah, that's what it made me think of. I was like, is it the origin of the Nyan cat? It might be. So, uh, but, you know, on his way back, Danny, after this experience, resolved to make better people. And he's going to make someone to protect those better people. And that's where that person that he made was Casey. And the better people mm-hmm. were the people that he made that were turned into hamburger not too long ago. Delicious. Yeah. Uh, stress-free because they were told to smile. Danny <laughs> explains that Casey can change things. He says she's faster than any anything imaginable. And Danny can teleport by himself. But with Casey, he can travel through time. Wow. This sounds like mm-hmm. it could get pretty wild. Uh, Indeed. And in fact, they immediately think like, "Hey, couldn't we go back in time before the Vectra tried to make hamburgers out of uh, people in Danny Land?" <laughs> oh yeah, we sure can. So Casey decides you're gonna pitch in, and Danny produces this multicolor suit that's sort of reminiscent, in fact, really reminiscent of Rainbow Bright. Yeah, it's, but it's like a, it's got like a gimp suit mask. It's yeah. very weird but awesome at the same time. It, it's like the, the the mask makes it. It doesn't make it too creepy, though. I don't know. There's something about it. It really is awesome as hell. I really like it. I don't know why. Uh, There's also some psycho gas behind the seat, and that's supposed to keep her uh, her from going insane while time traveling. I guess Ricardo doesn't need it. (laughs) Uh, Casey hops into the driver's seat and busts out the side of what turns out to be a Vectra spaceship. It's sort of even got, like, uh, red crystal on the front of it. Uh, The whole thing Mm -hmm. looks sort of like a Vectra 
body in a way and it's in its angular you know uh shape or whatever mm-hmm. um and then danny says they need to pick up some friends and i have a feeling we know that these who these people are going to be they'll probably be the fellows that are in negative space right now probably. Uh, or actually they would have they probably just zap back to earth so they'll probably will swing by the old apartment but they've got to get uh terry nunn to the whole gang maybe sam and lucius why not uh, in an epilogue, a large humanoid is seen from behind and watching Danny the ambulance escape, but they, he decides not to pursue. A vector complains, wants to do it, and he just steps on its head and he says, that's Crunch. it. Back the fuck up. I mean, he just kills it and says he's in charge and his name is Torminox. And he looks sort of like uh, an orc with a skin disease. But he kills termites, right? I guess I would think so. Yeah, that's right. We need them to zap termites. Uh, yeah, Terminex. Um, yeah, so that's weird. He looks like a strange guy. Kind of reminds me of a guy from Buckaroo Banzai. You ever see that movie? I think so. Buckaroo Banzai in the Fifth Dimension. Kind of looks like like uh, Jonathan Lithgow ended up looking in that. But uh, that's mm. kind of a deep cut reference, I think. <laughs> and we're thinking this is a new guy, right? Uh, I can't place him. I did. I did a little bit of research. Uh, I mean, we've read all Doom Patrol. I've never seen mm-hmm. him. He sort of reminds me of uh, Gargwax. Remember him? The green, no. he's like a green alien guy that he was, he was figured into Drake's run. And I think they brought him back, uh, in, in Copperberg's run once. Okay. Oh, um, okay. He was the one that made plastic people. Do you remember this mm-hmm. at Yeah, I think but, so. But anyway, this, this ain't him. That guy was green. He looked like a big fat thing. I don't know. This is not the same people. So I've never heard of Torminox. We'll see. Maybe I could also be, you know, there are, you know, there's a lot of Doom Patrol books in the world. We could be forgetting. This is true. Something from there, but uh, yeah, I would think that I would have remembered if this was. So we'll find out. Yeah. Sounds cool. But first, we have our backup. Oh yeah. I hate it when they do stuff like this. Um, <laughs> I just don't understand what I'm looking at here. Like, it, it's like it's. Okay. You know how like I think on the internet we're like programmed to think that things are that are really terrible are really awesome. I guess, yeah. I think that's kind of like this. We have these like cutesy Bane coloring book pages. It's like, okay. Yeah. I mean, some things that are terrible are awesome, but are, this, are, yeah, but this is not one of them. This is well, this is like all those things. Though, like, I, I can't be mad at it. It's it's pictures of Bane, and particularly like it seems like different Banes. One of them is from the uh, Dark Knight movie or whatever the hell that was. Yeah, whatever that title was. Whichever movie was, yeah. One of them is the Luchador, and it's like we got. Bane is helping a girl do it. It doesn't make any sense. Bane is flipping a pizza dough. Bane is in space. Uh, yeah. Again, I can't be mad at it, but I really have nothing. It adds nothing to anything. I don't really understand what the hell I'm even looking at. And mm. uh, the rest of the three pages in the backup, or four actually, no, three. Um, yeah, it's just three pages. Is the same stuff that's in the back of uh, the latest issue of Cave Carson number four, which is yeah, the who's, uh, who's. yeah the who's who for the Mother Panic characters, and which. It's fine, but now we're not looking at a backup anymore. You know what I mean? Now we're looking yeah. at just something they jammed in to fill space. Mm-hmm. And that makes, you know, especially for a buck, book that's four bucks, Yeah, that doesn't thrill me. You know what I mean? No. Uh, you know, I would rather, I mean, I would rather just write to the end of the book if that's it. You know what I mean? Exactly. <laughs> give, me another, give me another six pages of stuff. Especially or, if we're going to go two or three months between issues. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I mean, even three pages and still stick the Bane, the confusing Bane pages in them. Ugh. I think it would have been like, whatever. Uh, but yeah, now we're seeing them duplicate. Um, makes me concerned for the production at the Young Animal offices that something mm. is running off the rails a little bit. They're having trouble making deadlines. But I don't know anything specific. It just seems... Nope. 
strange. Um, but anyway, as usual, the backups did not really hurt my feelings for the book, except to the extent that I just described in detail. <laughs> but uh, overall, you know, and I, you know, I, I, I read this book. I read this book first, actually. I read this book pretty much almost, you know, the day after we got the uh, comp, and because uh, I, I was excited to read it, and my feeling sure. was very positive about it. But I, I felt like we had lost some momentum. Um, oh, absolutely. And, and I still feel that way. However, reading it again to review it, and then I read it again to do to prepare for this show. Uh, I definitely, my opinion of it did come together. These are still really well-made comics. Oh, sir. In storytelling, art, and, you know, intrigue. And this one gave us a lot of info that we've kind of been lingering around. Yep. I wouldn't say the answers are, you know, 100% effective, but they are answers nonetheless, you know, and we are getting, sure. we are getting somewhere. Made me think of, you know, we just reviewed cave carson last week and mm-hmm. uh you pointed out as the fourth issue of what is likely a six issue arc those issues are kind of a little tamer yeah they lull. and and usually they're used for a lot of like you know answering a lot of open-ended uh, you know threads or whatever and that that has happened here uh is essentially mm-hmm. what i think a lot of this was used for that being said though I really enjoyed it, you know, and and oh, yeah. on the third time reading it, I found I enjoyed it more than the first time, which is a which is a rarity, you know what I mean? Like this is true. And, and, Usually and diminishing returns each time. And we know this because we review comics, so we do read comics several times, you know. Often, it, believe me, like sometimes by the third reading, I'm like, I have to remember how I felt in the first reading because I don't feel this is the worst thing. Ever. I'm not feeling as positive about it anymore. This went the other way, which is which is really a good sign. It definitely owes a lot to my you know, liking the property in general. I mean, that's, sure. you know, I, I am a little bit predisposed to liking it. Although I think if it blew, I would uh, be able to admit that also. I'm not like a sycophant. I hate it, it more. I probably would. I, I probably would be. <laughs> well, you know, early on, I think we were, you know, very tentative with the scores, you know, we were, because we were yeah. scared that it was, they were going to yank the rug out from under us, but I started to feel a lot more secure with the last issue. And then they had a, you know, almost two month delay. So, that shows you never to place your hope and faith in anything, people. <laughs> so in the end, I ended up giving this an eight out of ten, uh, which you know probably would have given it a you know seven point five from the rafters. But I do think it, I, I had about I don't know eighty percent joy out of it. If you can. it's a B, yeah. <laughs> I, che- I checked my joy dipstick; it was up to eighty <laughs> percent. <laughs> no, it's a very good score. It is a, a bit of a drop uh, from last issue, which, which I believe was your one and only 10 out of 10. I believe I gave a 10 out of 10 once to a uh, issue. Uh, I think it was Sugar and Spike, but it was more of a joke to uh, Needle Needle Eric Shea. That was all. I, I think that's what it was. But uh, what, what do you what do you think about it? I'm thinking an, I think eight's a, a very good score. It's, yeah. It is a it's a B. It's it's not a perfect book, mm-hmm. but it's you know nothing that I'm uh, you know it's nothing that I'm I'm upset that I read, and I'm definitely looking forward to what's to come. I I would really be curious to know when this comes out in trade. I assume there are people out there that are just trade waiting, which is fine. Uh, sure. I would love to Evens. know. <laughs> but I, yeah, you know. But if you just do that, you might not get it. But anyway, uh, that's true. But if you do, but if you are trade waiting and you're listening to this and you're, we're spoiling the comic, I don't know why you're bothering. But uh, maybe, maybe when it comes out, I really would like to hear from people that didn't read it yet and what how it reads to them as a you know a one and singular one story. Yeah, because yeah, we'll never we'll never get that whether we reread it or not. We'll always have this monthly experience, and that will always kind of taint our opinion. So. 
And I, uh, I do re-listen to these segments daily. So okay, so you're reinforcing. <laughs> so you you don't need the trade. You, you, you no. pretty much memorize every issue. Uh, it's 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 a different experience though, you know, to go into something as a trade. And uh, I'm not at the point yet. You know, this, I have no reason to think the schedule isn't going to be correct from here on. I just I just don't know either way. Far well, we as I know, we do have a built-in skip month, right? Where it's going to be a director's cut. Probably. I I, I would hope that'll be after six, though, right? I don't know. I think uh, I I could have sworn it was after four, but uh, I, I'm not sure because well, I know they built in that that Doom Patrol number one director's cut as a kind of a buffer. Well, I hope it's not after four because I could really pull me too. That could really pull the plug on the on the, the drain on this bathtub here. But anyway, we'll have to see. I I haven't looked that far. To me, looking that far into solicits is pointless because. After you know, after a couple of weeks, it's really it's it's like it's like when they give you the seven day weather forecast. Yeah, well, those last three days are really useless. They're pretty much up in the air, folks. Don't 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 Current, uh, plan too much well, around them. Currently, the Doom Patrol number one director's cut is solicited for March first. Okay. At the low low price of six dollars. Oh well, I won't be bothering with that. But that that implies <laughs> that we could get a uh, Doom Patrol. We might get one in between. Yep. Um, I really hope so because it it, yeah. it 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 would definitely hurt my enthusiasm. I think for a lot of people too, if they have to wait another two months for this, this is a pretty snappy story. You know yeah. what I mean? It's it's moving. Every issue is really chock full of stuff, uh, mm-hmm. and I don't think it can afford to, you know, let enthusiasm wane like that. But even I, I if I were to say like one thing I I was not totally psyched for was a lot of the negative zone thing that that, that kind of dragged on a little bit for yeah, me. Yeah, you thought you thought that was a little weird. Yeah, um, it wasn't. It wasn't that it was weird. It was just that it was like okay, get on with it. It you know it, it it's was like little, okay. You, you know you know, what know. If, you know what affected my enjoyment of this and this might seem petty, but it was the hmm. fact that Nhal didn't speak in word balloons. He spoke with lettering over the art. Yes. And that always makes it difficult for me, both in just legibility, but also finding a voice. I don't know what it is. Okay. But, but yeah, I, I can see I, that. I can't. Because like, it looks just like narration. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, I guess I, I, you know, like as in my head, I have moderate voices for all these people. You know, it's, it's not like a, uh, you know, it's not like a Rich Little's in there with the perfect voices. But, you know, Casey's got a girly <laughs> voice and Sam had a kind of a deeper voice or whatever, but I, it's hard for me to find from Fortin Hall or, or characters mm-hmm. like that when they do that, which is a weird a weird byproduct of being able to do that kind of lettering, you know? I, sure, think, sure. I think it might be because we come from a time uh, which isn't even that long ago. I don't want to make it sound like we come from <laughs> the uh, days of yore, but I mean, you know, comics in the 80s and 90s, you really couldn't do that kind of lettering easily because it was hand-lettered. No. And, and yeah. to, so now you now it's no problem. It's just a layer in, in Photoshop. In Photoshop. So. Yeah. Uh, anyway, though, yeah, that that kind of dragged on, and it's kind of weird how it ended almost inconsequentially too. It was like you will be judged, and your punishment is to do the thing you've been doing, and that you already want to do. You know, like yeah. greatest <laughs> punishment ever. But uh, sure. I did like the implication though of other negative spirits and what that. It made and me a little bit curious. Like, what does that you... mean? And did you notice at the very end here with uh, our friend Terminex, he sends a girl away called Doodlebug who bears a striking resemblance to somebody, kind of, unless that's in my head. Let me see. I'm trying to get to that page now. It's always tougher to go backwards. Page 23. Uh, Yeah, I know. He does say something. Uh, she does. She looks like Casey. she looks like Casey. Yeah. Yeah. With, with, uh, of, with like eye black, like an angrier Casey. It very well yeah. could be. Maybe this is like evil Casey. Maybe Terminox is evil. Danny, I don't know. 
And maybe she's a failed Danny person. I mean, who Possibly. knows? She is, she is kind of wearing like a hard edge version of the rainbow bright, the outfit. rainbow bright outfit too. So it's like, a, it's more of like a Ming, the merciless type outfit. Yes. So, uh, it could very well be that's, uh, hopefully we'll find out rapidly and hopefully we won't wait two months to find out. That would be nice. Yes. Uh, but we do have stuff coming up uh, very soon. Next week we have Shade the Changer Girl number five. Absolutely. Can you believe this arc's almost going to end? I, I assume. I know. I, I really feel like we've just been bombing along on this, and I can't wait to can't wait to read it. And the week after uh, Mother Panic number three, which we might feel a little bit differently about, but uh, I, luckily I We're do cautiously have cautiously optimistic. I do have a shock collar on Chris, so he does have to read it. <laughs> So, but he he can be negative about it, but he has to read it. I'm uh, under house arrest until two weeks and one day from now. That's right, I got. <laughs> that's right. You can't no no trying to dip out on this one. So uh, I live close to Mexico. I could be gone in the middle of the night. That's how fast that wall comes up, though. I'm telling you. Look out. Anyway, we're not. We won't get into any of that right here. That's not what this that is might, about. That might be Danny. We are about. That's true. Danny the wall. <laughs> <laughs> this, this could turn out to be good for everybody. Uh, anyway, <laughs> on that note, <laughs> on that note, I think that we have uh, filled them up this week. You got anything else for him, Chris? No, it'll do it. Well, until next week, I want you to keep it young and animalistic. The crowd couldn't wait to see this. Nobody's been this long awaited since Jesus. Who wouldn't believe this? I heard the word on the street is I'm still one of the deepest on the mic since Adidas. They said I changed the times from the rhymes that I thought of. So I made some order, put the new world in order. With mathematics, put your status above the average. And help your rappers make paragraphs with graphics. Cause new days is dawning, new ways of performing. Brainstorming, I write and watch the night turn to morning. On and on and I got... Once in every lifetime, comes a love like this. Oh, I need you, you need me. Oh, my darling, can't you see, young one? Darling, with a young one. A young one. Shouldn't be afraid to live love. There's a song to be sung, cause we may not be the young ones very long. Everybody, welcome back to the Young Animal segment. I am Reggie. My name is Chris. Still, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we are uh, bringing you a Young Animal title this week, and that title is Shade the Changing Girl, issue number five. Um, the title, I think it's Girl Furious, but it might be Furious Girl. I'm yeah. not sure. It's written very strange. I think they, I think they might have. They, yeah, I think that might be a little bit on purpose, but yeah, it's something. I think so. Those two words are in the title. I can say that. Yes, I can promise you that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this issue was written by uh, the uh, normal team. Here we have uh, Cecil Castellucci with art by Molly Zarcone, Ryan Kelly, and Kelly Fitzpatrick. Um, now we hop in. We don't pick up where we left off. We left off last month with uh, with it. It seemed like Shade, like uh, she remembered everything, right? Yeah. It's uh, she was sleeping there with uh, Wes, and she suddenly had a, like a flash of profound reality hit her, and uh, she kind of knew what was going on. She knew the score. With Megan, uh, we, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, with Megan. Yeah. Uh, but we don't pick up from that. We uh, we actually pick up on a uh, class field trip to the zoo. 
which I didn't think high school students did. It depends. It depends what level you're at. You know, maybe the uh, the slow class test. I don't. I don't know. Sure. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I, I don't remember ever having a have, ever having a field trip. I know we had like the senior trip to the to the amusement park that nobody went to, but I mean. Uh, yeah, we didn't have know. any high school field trips. Although I did go to New York City Public School. Hmm. Which may have contributed to that fact. I have no idea. I, I was I was going to Long Island Public mm-hmm. School. <laughs> yeah. um, now uh, they you know they get to the zoo and she or she's getting on the bus actually and she notices that or she doesn't notice but we notice mm. that uh, several of her classmates and teachers have uh, they have heads of like animals or alien beast type things. Yeah. Um, and these visions seem to go in and out. Uh, we don't know. Uh, I mean, we'd figure that she'd think that was normal, but uh, we can see it. Um, now, uh, upon arrival, Shade has a uh, chat with Wes, her ex-boyfriend, and uh, she appears hesitant to partner up with him. He's saying, you know, hey, I can rig it so we're partnered up today, and she's like, nah, don't bother. Uh, and she even goes as far as to tell him that them having spent the night together was nothing more than a one-off. Yes. Uh, I know. Cold-blooded. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shade is teamed up with, guess who? Her definitely not perverted neighbor. Yeah. Uh, Rip. And uh, Teacup, who is always around. Um, inside the uh, inside the zoo, Shade's going, uh, <laughs> like, if you saw a real kid do this, you'd probably be really annoyed at them. Yeah. Um, she's getting all, like, moody, deep, like, trying to, like, make eye contact with the animals, which if you saw it in, like, real life, you'd just be like, Ugh. Although not, maybe not if you were a teenager. Maybe not. See, maybe as a yeah. teenager, you might you might be attracted to that, or if you're yeah. already attracted to her, you wouldn't care what she did. You'd all you'd find it uh, incredible, no matter what. And she's she's picking her nose while she does it. That's fine. You're like, oh, that's great. <laughs> that's beautiful the way she does that. Yes. Um, now, one of the animals she looks at is a panda bear, who reminds her of a certain other sunken-eyed alien ex-boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Segway. Yep. And we uh, shift right over to Meta, where Lepuck, the boyfriend in question, is tied to a chair. Rackshade's boyfriend and Hellboy's sister are standing before him. That's the girl with the uh, cut horns or whatever. Yeah. We don't know really what's happening there. Looks as though he's about to have poetry read at him, which might just be the worst thing ever. Uh, Rack's boyfriend is referred to with feminine pronouns here. So Hellboy's sister says to Lepuck about Rack's lover, you should do what she says. She's very good at getting her way. Uh, okay. Yeah. That's fine, I guess. Uh, it's unclear. Maybe there's a sex-changing thing. I mean, truth be told, we haven't seen uh, the characters nudity, so it could just be a boobless lady. Uh, Lepuck is informed that whoever <laughs> has the coat is likely already consumed by the madness. Hmm. We hop back to the zoo, and we have Wes wondering what's going on with Shade. He's uh, eating a candy bar in front of a sign that reads, An Elephant Never Forgets. Ooh, very symbolism. Deep. Yeah, and also, yes. uh, is that really a sign you ever saw at the zoo? Like that's that's literally not a fact about elephants. <laughs> you know, like that's that's misleading <laughs> as hell. You know, it's like you know these monkeys enjoy being in a barrel. You know, like that's not true. That's just a anyway. <laughs> <laughs> we rejoin. <laughs> oh, okay. Here we go. Uh, in the birdhouse, Shade appears to be communicating with the birds, and this annoys Teacup and would probably annoy any rational observer, right. unless, of course, you're a teenage boy who's attracted to her. That's right. Um, Shade claims that on her home planet, instead of zoos, they have free-range reserves, because Earth is the worst. Um, Teacup is still annoyed, and I feel you. 
uh, River is clearly a believer, or he just really likes Shade that much. Mm-hmm. Um, See, what I tell you. <laughs> now we get a, sh- a page of the trio looking rather avian, as a, is just as though they were on Meta. Yep. Shade is uh, replaced with Loma, and the other two look like they just finished shopping at the Hot Topic on Sesame Street. Sort of, and they have really big heads too. It's yeah. uh, it definitely looks a little awkward, but it, you know, it's uh, it's cool just to see me a little bit what Meta sure. is like. Speaking of which, back to Meta, Rax Lovers giving a lecture about the Madness. We learn that Madness's purpose is a Metan offense. It, it all helps them conquer other worlds. Next up, we join Megan, not Shade, the actual Megan, who's like kind of a spiritual sil- silhouette, a flesh, co- a uh, pink silhouette, I guess, sure. uh, floating around. There's an astronaut there. It's a very, very trippy scene right here. Um, yeah, we're not, it's like her soul, her essence, something, her, Perhaps. whatever it is that, uh, drifts around, it's drifting around through a psychedelic space. Uh, she happens upon a very apologetic astronaut, and that'll be explained a little bit more later, but the astronaut is saying, I'm sorry, Megan, I'm so sorry. Mm. Uh, back in, back on Earth, the kids are getting back on the bus, and, uh, River and Teacup are having a chat. Uh, River really wants to believe, but Teacup is pretty incredulous to the whole situation. Uh, it's revealed that River and Shade have a plan. Shade will return to her home planet on the new moon at Yarrow Lake, which I'm assuming is the same lake that we've been coming back to this whole time. I would have to think where she drowned, you know, that yeah. whole, yeah, that's got to be it. Um, now, Wes keeps bugging Shade to talk, but she tells him that she, quote-unquote, needs space, which I'm not sure if that's a double entendre or not. If it is, that's very well done. Yeah, I think if it not, is. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you know, that that's sort of the modus operandi of this book too, is to sure. uh, you know keep slipping in little tidbits here and there. But you know, I'll take, I'll, I'll give it to him. I'll chalk it sure. up for him. Uh, back wherever uh, Megan's floating around, uh, she's embraced by the astronaut whose fo- whose uniform reads either AESA or maybe V53V. I think it's AESA though. I think so too. I don't know aerospace. Something, space, I don't know. Um, the astronaut lifts his visor, and it's an aged Wes. Megan doesn't understand why she is still so young if he's so old, and Wes tells him they're both dead. Duh. Uh, <laughs> by the way, Wes died on Mars somehow. Uh, Wes literally pulls back the curtain to reveal that they're in limbo. It would appear that Wes was waiting for Megan so they could pass on through to oblivion together, uh, you know, which is, you know, Come on, dude. You're really hanging on there a little long. Like, how long? How long you got old and then died. Like, how long you been waiting for this? Uh, and Megan's like, nah, I'm out of here. She's, and she's, she's gone. Uh, back on Earth, it is the night of the new moon. So I don't know how, how far in advance we are. But uh, all that matters is we are at the lake. And uh, it is the night of the new moon. Uh, River and Shade are peering through a telescope. Um, uh, Shade's dog begins to bark because a teacup, complete with her bad vibes, has Mm. shown up. And a cup of coffee. Uh, Shade lays down so she can leave her body. She can leave Earth. Uh, Some blue psyche energy draws off her body. Uh, The next panel shows something that looks like a a reverse shooting star, like a shooting star going up. Yep. But the dialogues would suggest that that's not Shade. Because, you know, teacup still isn't buying it. But so I don't know if that's just something we're seeing or if it's it's not a hundred percent clear or if it's not related to her like that you know what I mean true it could, could just be a star could that be Megan or, coming you know what I mean like it's could be it's not a hundred percent clear but yeah they don't seem to be re- reacting. 
to it in the yeah. way that you'd expect them to. Like, wow, this something just came out of this girl and now is shooting through <laughs> and space. Shooting up. That would be the normal reaction I would expect. But I don't know. We we don't know. It's hard to tell in this book what the characters see and what we see. <laughs> That's yes. That is uh, definitely something we've confronted. Yep. Just about every issue. Um, now, uh, Teacup just suggests that Shade is just high, and she passed out. Uh, Loma appears to be stuck in some sort of murky, muddy rainbow. She's yeah. unable to pass through to return to Meta. Uh, the issue wraps up, or this story wraps up. The following morning, when Megan's essence returns to Earth, tackles Shade and demands her body back. Yep, says, bitch, I want my body back. That's what she says. And we are going to, I guess, finish out this arc. I, I would only assume so next issue. Well, it is issue six. So. Yeah, it, it only <laughs> seems to make sense. Although they do, you know, DC's been putting out some seven and eight issue trades lately. They've been getting a little, uh, they're keeping you guessing around here. Yeah, and they've been doing two issue story story arcs and one offs, and but just not this one. Uh, but it is again, this is a first arc, so I guess they have to keep the formula a little bit. Well, you know, uh, I, we just want to mention. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll handle the uh, backup just to mention it quick. The uh, hmm. it's life with honey. And it's an mm. episode of uh, Lorna Shade's favorite Earth TV show, and it's uh, you know it's kind of a silly take on 50s family TV, Leave It to Beaver kind of thing, kind of a surreal take too. The dialogue is, has a surreal aspect mm. to it, but it's goofy. But uh, you know, uh, the uh, it's China Clugston Fiore does or Flores does the Flores, art. yeah. Uh, you know, and it's it's pretty cool, um, but. The story, like again, like all these backups, but this one, unlike, I think we had one. I don't know if that was Cave or Doom Patrol, kind of annoyed us. This is nothing mm-hmm. to annoy you, and it's uh, at least at least connected to Doom to uh, Shade. I, yeah. I thought it was kind of yeah. It just it's like, hey, the fifties were different than it is today. Yeah. Okay. I'm... It's like, and you know what? You had to re- you had to you had to rewind VHS tapes. So what? Well, <laughs> it's it's we're we're making fun of antiquated things for being antiquated. Do you feel like it uh, detracted from the book? That it annoyed you at the end too much, or it did? It yeah. Because because since it did tie in, I thought it was still part of the story. Mm. I thought it was like a cutaway, and uh, it would have lowered my score if had it been part of the story. I didn't think you know it didn't bother me as much, but I did think it was sort of superfluous, like most of these mm. uh, backups, and it definitely isn't part of the story no. definitely not part of this issue and you know you could easily do without it but overall i did think this issue was uh pretty good i did like it yeah. you know it answered it, it, it everything's kind of closing in together now and uh you know obviously we're headed towards a big showdown between megan and lorma shade and rack's boyfriend is going to get up involved in here i'm sure and it's going to uh mm-hmm. All come to a head and explode. Um, well, one thing I would say, and I'm, I'm virtually positive that this is going uh, beyond six. I, I don't know. I haven't checked the solicits, yeah. but uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's being seven. solicited. But uh, I've really enjoyed this, and I wouldn't mind if it ended next issue. Sure. You know, if it was a, if it was just a story about this crazy thing, and then you know whatever. I don't need, I don't need it to end with everyone's death, but it ended in some way that you know that was it, and it was like that's the end. Uh, that's not going to happen, and um, no. um, we'll see. The story will bear out whether I'm okay with it or not. I don't know, you know, obviously. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I don't think I'd hate that. What, what did you think? I'm already talking too much about it. I uh, I, I, th- I thought it was probably the weakest issue we've gotten yet. Mm-hmm. Um, that might just be me because I was. I think I was expecting a bit more. I, I think I had some high hopes pinned on this issue Yeah. Uh, from the re- revelation at the end of last issue. 
I was expecting there. I was expecting the it. To, I was expecting this storyline to wrap up here. I thought we were going to at least get uh, like a confrontation between Megan or Loma or Shade, whoever she is. <laughs> yeah. And uh, enter, you know, the people who were at the lake that night and maybe just figure out what that was all about. But uh, I do understand they wanted to bring the real deal Megan back. Um, but so you're right. I mean, it, you know, the, the, the whole like contrived trip to the zoo, besides being kind of strange for a high school class. <laughs> It's a little, it's a little slow and a little stupid, and and used really only to segue to things that are going to fill in, plug in the gaps. Yeah, yeah, um, it did. It felt, it did feel slow, um, and maybe it was supposed to. I don't know. Is because uh, it did seem like we were, and we we we've talked about this before, where like the the fourth issue slump, but uh, mm. this one dodged the fourth issue slump and kind of fell into it with the fifth. Yeah, um, it, it's still not a bad, it's still a great issue. And, Just, I think it, uh, and a necessary issue. We did get a lot sure. of like little, a lot of background, a lot more, like especially with the meta aspect. That was something in the beginning of this series that I was like, "What is this? I, you know, what is happening yeah. here?" Now I know what's happening there. You know, we've got a much. We don't may not know the gender of Rack's boyfriend, no, but that doesn't matter. Yeah, that's that's nothing. You know, in a book like Young Animal, that's the least of your concerns. Uh, <laughs> in the Young no, Animal I, title. I, I do like that our Metan scenes are more. They seem more distilled now. Yeah, it's like we had all this stuff that was just like just the slurry it's like oh we got to watch him play with his band it's like eh. but here yeah. it was at the, the 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 two scenes we had were were pointed they uh they were they 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 served the story instead of just being taking away pages from shade i wonder if that's by design that that as earth gets more surreal or you know the you know the day-to-day of shade's life is more surreal or uh the meta stuff has gotten more straightforward i don't know i uh, wonder it's, That'd be really uh, interesting uh, storytelling, absolutely. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's definitely well crafted, and uh, overall, like we say, we are enjoying it. Well, what did you give it? I gave it a, a soft eight yeah. out of ten. I uh, I didn't feel right giving it lower than an eight because uh, because I, I I I'm tempering my score with my expectations because I I was expecting something to happen this issue that didn't, but I can't hold that against the book. Yeah, I, uh, I I'd have to agree with you that yeah we, we we talked about it earlier and we were in the same place where I would give it I would give it a seven point five but I'd be telling people it was a great seven point five you should go check sure. it out if you know what I mean yeah uh, it doesn't that doesn't feel right so it's an eight but it's an eight telling you like yeah this is a dip in the series and I and you know possibly a necessary dip hopefully the reaction the reactiveness of the six issue will uh, make it all worth it. Uh, sure. But that's when we'll really assess this uh, series as a whole, really, I think, when when it finally drops its sixth issue in hopefully one month from this mm-hmm. week. We'll see. Not, not every young animal book does that, but they, they, <laughs> they try the best they can. Uh, we do have some young animal books on the next two weeks in a row. Next week is Chris. I don't think we have anything next week. No, no, I'm sorry, Chris. Uh, <laughs> we have one of your favorite books. You don't know this one? Oh, is uh, Cave Carson coming out? No, no, it's. Uh, is it Doom Patrol? No, sorry, I would not be something right. Two weeks after the last issue, nope. It's uh, <laughs> Mother Panic number three. I'm sorry, but oh, you know what they say boy. third time's a charm. This could be. This, this is, is true. This is the one that's going to turn us both into. Huge Mother Panic fans, I can feel it. We're gonna be so. Mother Fanics. <laughs> That's right. I got I got the buttons the... made up right away. I'm a Mother Fanic. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna. I promise to go in with a clear mind. And the uh, yeah, well, you know, we do the best An we opening. can, but we gotta be honest. We gotta tell you what we think, and uh, hopefully, when we 
at least when we go through the issue, we give you enough information that you can, you know, to tell for yourself whether it's your kind of thing. True. Uh, week after that, we got we do have Cape Carson has a cybernetic eye number five, which is weird. I could swear we were at number six. I guess not. As, uh, uh, yeah, we have because uh, yeah, because Doom Patrol would have been at six. Would but, have been uh, six this month, yeah. So I yeah. guess yeah, Cave started. You're right. They started the month after. Uh, yeah. I just felt like I, uh, you know, the book it's just jam packed, you know, with stuff. You it know is. What I mean, I feel like we've had five issues of stuff already happen, uh, but nope, uh, we are headed <laughs> headed into the uh, fifth issue next month, so or in a couple of weeks, so. We got that to look forward to after that. I don't like to make any predictions, although I have seen some incredible things in, in uh, Comixology solicits, but no no promises, folks. We, we will are, only are they doing the uh, Are they doing the look ahead to the uh, the releases for 2019 yet? Not yet. No, I know. Okay. So, sometimes, <laughs> so Doom Patrol 7 isn't sometimes out Sometimes you go on there and, uh, yeah, it's uh, they, they, they really got these things built out forever. It's like one book. Per month yeah, because I because I I do my uh, ordering ahead of time, yeah. and I think I'm actually ordered up to issue eight or nine of Doom Patrol right now. Oh, really? Yeah, because so they don't good. change they don't really change the solicits. Uh, th- actually, this last one I just put in the young because I get a bundle with the Young Animal books, uh-huh. and uh, this time it was only three books. So, uh, uh, there you go. <laughs> so they're, I guess they're given a they're given the uh, the Doomies some time to catch up. Well, I hope so. Uh, well, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what the verdict is out on that, of course. But I definitely do not like having to wait too long in between books, you know. But we can only review what we got or talk about the books that we get. We can't write our own except on the 100th episode. That's the only time that we do. <laughs> yeah, we still got like a 93 more episodes to, to get to that again. To do that one again, yeah. So we're not going to worry about it. But uh, I think that's all we got from this week, Chris. Do you got anything else for him? I think that'll do it. Well, until next week, folks, I want you to keep it young and animalistic. Hey, ladies in the place, I'm calling out to you.